Hello, and welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. If you've been enjoying the podcast, consider joining us at patreon.com slash human machine for updates, music sneak peeks, zines, comics, and more. Now I'd like to play you something. Hollow by Lastima, featuring my pal Richie Devon on guitar and vocals. Hear more from them at lastimamusic.bandcamp.com. It's really weird because I always go back to the same thing. And I feel like some people change their answers as they get older, as they discover or open up parts of their brain, I guess. Sure. Um, but like, yeah, I always, they, there's like a, well, I used to live, then my family and I used to live uh, in Panama where we're from and stuff. And my earliest childhood, earliest childhood memory is definitely, I think, on a balcony somewhere in Panama. And it's like super funny because it's just like me with one of those little like, uh, what are they called? Fisher-Price toys? Like those little Fisher-Price basketball hoops and stuff like that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Just playing with that on a balcony somewhere in Panama. And I, it's, like, so funny to think about, like, just some three-year-old just gaining consciousness in the middle of playing with, like, a Fisher-Price basketball hoop thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the earliest memory I have. Just, like... You know, ball is life, shooting it up. Literally, yeah. And I'm yeah. like short and terrible at basketball, so it's super funny because I feel like I became some sort of some sort of NBA star. That's like a great first little story of consciousness. <laughs> but like, I just I'm bad at basketball and like was never never able to do it. So. Yeah, I can't yeah. imagine like the amount of times like one of your caregivers had to like fetch that ball from somewhere too. Oh, probably over the balcony, <laughs> going back downstairs in the apartment complex. It was probably a nightmare. <laughs> but it's like sometimes it's like, well, where else are we gonna put it? You know, can't have it exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's that's cute. Like I, I don't know. You know, like that's the this is the first time that anyone I think has um, referenced like sports in their early that's memories. Really funny. But um, it's like especially funny because you know like. Uh, someone you know like that is in a band with like all these like um black metal influences and stuff mm-hmm. you know and you just imagine in like the little uh i mean my kids had one of those and like until we moved like a year ago you know so yeah i'm just like thinking about these you know little ballers <laughs> yeah little ballers and stuff like that they're just gonna grow up to like you know be screamo kids that's, that's the pipeline <laughs> yeah that's amazing um, so yeah, when, uh, when you're growing up, like around the house, uh, what music, like what role did music play in your upbringing? Um, it was, I don't come from like a family of, uh, musicians and stuff like that. So a lot of the music was like, very like what you heard on the radio or what was like, uh, culturally, like just the thing to play. Um, like I said, my family's from Panama. So like a lot of my, the, the, Music in the house was, like, a lot of, like, what we call musica tipica and, like, kind of Latin pop artists. You know, my mom was a big, um, well, my mom and my sister were big Shakira fans and Ricky Martin fans and stuff like that. So that was always going on. 
Uh, and my dad was like, so we had like that side of the house. And then my dad, who um, is also American, had a lot of like classic rock going. Mm-hmm. So it was just like this whiplash of like 60s and 70s rocks, like Crosby, Seals, and Nash, and Led Zeppelin, and Black Sabbath. And then like swing right back to like, you know, really old, uh, like Spanish, like, like not reggaeton, but like typically like, yeah, music that has a lot of accordion or, you know, just upbeat Spanish Latin music. So it was a, it was a weird little mixture in my house. I'm sure anyone listening from the outside was very confused of what the styles of influence were. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like my early experiences of music as far as like what I experienced as a, as a kid at home. Yeah. Did, did you gravitate to any of that like immediately or, or wasn't it until you like became older and, and like sort of develop your own tastes and stuff? Um, I feel like the, you know, it's kind of when you're a kid, you kind of just listen to whatever anyone puts on. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like that for a while until, uh, my, I have an older sister. So she's like nine years older than me. So she was like truly a 90s kid, you know, born in the late 80s and everything. And so she experienced the 90s, like actually an actual 90s kid, not like me, like born like mid 90s and everything. So a lot of uh, music she was listening to eventually made her made that way back down to me. Um, So my first experience with like getting into music in terms of being like, oh, I want to personally listen to this band or this artist um, was probably uh, her giving me an American Idiot CD um, and listening to that record, and it blew like blowing my mind because I had not heard of anything like that before. Mm. So immediately I was like, "What is this? Like, what is this kind of music?" Like, I think it was the first time I heard like like an f bomb in a song okay. before or anything like that. Okay. So like as a as like an eight year old, I'm like, "This is crazy." Um, you know what I mean? So yeah. that was from there, I think like that green day pipeline really, really took hold of me. And, and from there I kind of started like discovering bands in that, uh, in that like kind of, you know, punk and pop punk era and stuff like that and going deeper. And through that, then I went back to like my dad's collections of like Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath and, and all that kind of, uh, more, I guess, classic early metal stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, do, um, you know, you mentioned you mentioned the 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 f bomb there, and it's funny because I think like you know, there's something about like when we're that age and you hear that like in music, like you, I like I feel like there's something about uh, the way we our relationship with music when we we're younger, where like um, when you hear something like that, it's like it, it, it's 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 a it's a freedom to express a, a, a something that you're you're always told you're not allowed to express, right? Yeah. So like you hear someone doing that over this like exciting music or whatever, and it, and it takes this mm-hmm. it takes this whole other thing. Um, but was that yeah. like the thing that immediately like captured you uh, with with that particular album? Like was it was it the vocals? Was it uh, the guitars, the the drums? Like, or sure. was it just like all of it? Like, were you not able to own no. in on a specific thing? I think if I if I were to try to like think about it and like try to go back in my memory and, and really try to understand like what I felt, I think it was a mixture of just like. Um, obviously like that record and, and that type of music, if you compare it to like what was happening in my household before that, mm-hmm. like was super bombastic. It was super energetic. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand it now as like very overdramatic. Um, and I think it was probably the music itself, like the actual sound of like the mixture of guitars, drums and vocals that like initially got me into it. But I think what really made me hold on is that like, as I was like, you know, that age between like eight and 10, I started to really start to like listen into like what he was saying, like politically, because that was a very political album for the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that like helped me like really 
grasp onto that music and feel like, oh, not only is this like crazy sounding stuff and I feel like, you know, I'm a little rebellious for listening to this stuff. I know my parents are going to hate me for listening to. But at the same time, like as I, you know, had it on repeat on like like my Walkman or whatever, uh, I started to understand like, I, I not understand, but I started to recognize like, oh, he's saying stuff that's like, kind of, it seems like it means something and it, and it has this very like, antagonistic stance towards like you know more political ideas and stuff like that and so i think that's what hooked me and and from there like i always was trying to find bands that were like that sounded like that but that were also saying stuff that like would make me feel something as like a 10 year old or whatever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah no you you mentioned like going back and and digging through your dad's stuff sort of after that like was did, did you like did your parents like, or your dad specifically, was he like, oh, like you like that? Like, let me show you like where this came from. Or was it just 100% your own? Cause that's how, like, that's how kind of like my dad was. It was like, oh, if you like that, like you, then you need to listen to stuff like this. Cause these guys yeah. are the real players, you know, or, or whatever, you know? Sure. No, I feel like that is the typical dad thing to happen. Right. It's sure. just uh, like, oh, you like, you're listening to this cool new thing or whatever like that. Like it's got nothing on this old stuff. I used to listen to check this out. So it absolutely was that. Um, and you know, and to, to his credit, like once like I started getting into it, like, and I had that, like I crossed that threshold into like, let's just say the word, like the term rock music or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it did get me interested in, in the bands that he was listening to, but in that same way, because I had to be an annoying rebellious little kid, like, he would be like, yeah, you know, like, this is my favorite stuff, but, like, here's this, too, like, this, like, thing called, like, Black Sabbath. Like, I wasn't a really big fan of them and Metallica. Like, you can listen to them if you want, but, like, I want you to listen to, like, it was, I forget, it was who, it was probably more, like, yeah, Crosby, Stills, and Nash is the thing that comes to mind. But that, I'm in my head, I'm like, what is this thing that you don't like? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So that Black Sabbath and more, like, kind of heavier stuff was just like, oh, let me get into that. And so... uh it was definitely his suggestion, but then of course I had to be like, whatever he feels like is too much, like that's what I want to get into. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's probably like, you know, I mean, I'm I'm not like I'm not speaking for your dad specifically, but probably like in the instance of like Sabbath or, you know, even early Metallica or whatever, a lot of it is probably like your dad is like, I acknowledge that this rips, but like at the same time, yeah. lyrically, the the song themes, like, you know, there's songs in Metallica about, like, cocaine and, and like, you know, like, my <laughs> dad is like, I don't know if I want to exactly, like, endorse this, you know? <laughs> like, I don't want to be, like, I don't want to yeah. my kid to be listening to Sweet Leaf 24 hours a day or, or whatever, you know? Um, so I feel like even if it was, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know, no. it's like, I remember one time my dad was, like, learning um been caught stealing by jane's addiction for for a cover band that he was in oh, yeah <laughs> and i was like i was like oh shit because like i don't know my cousin and i like were like we were notoriously like stealing like cassettes from jc penny and stuff and i was like been caught yeah stealing, huh? like, <laughs> that's where, awesome. where does that come from you know yeah but uh <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a wild thing to say. Yeah, yeah. Well, imagine that. Um, but yeah, that's that's really cool. Like, and I mean, like, I definitely can relate to like sort of being like, mm, no matter like, I can't I can't specifically remember like when my dad would be like, oh, like check out this or check out that. I don't remember like hearing it and thinking it was cool and like and acting like mm-hmm. it. I I remember just being like an ignorant little kid like oh this isn't punk i don't care and then like later on being like nah this is kind of cool you know like way later but um yeah yeah but yeah it's just like one of those things like sometimes you just have to go back and find it sort of more on your own and then you're like oh i get it now you know yeah i think so i think there is that something in that like even if someone tells you and that self-discovery, you, I think, pay, maybe pay more attention to it or hold more value in it because you're like, it's, you know, especially when you're, when you're little, it's like, 
I'm discovering something. And so I find it like, you know, there's an extra level of like, I guess like you find it special in that way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Also like, um, I think there's a value in, in, uh, having a clean slate. Like when you hear something, you know, a hundred percent. Yeah. It's like this thing that, that like, it's this thing that we talk about in like comics a lot, right? Like I, I love comic books and one thing is like that's that's it's so unique to comics is that like when when or you know, just like reading in general, is like when you read it, you're the only one that's reading it, you know? It's not a movie where yeah. you're sharing the experience like with people. And so I think it's kind of similar, like when you just discover something on your own and maybe the your only impression is like the album art or whatever, you know? Sure. Um, you don't know how it's supposed to sound. And then when it comes on, it just like takes its own shape in your mind, you know? And um, Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And I, th- I think that's one, one sort of like, one sort of like proof of that idea is like how, have you ever like asked somebody like what somebody sounds like? And you just hear the wildest responses like that just don't make any mm-hmm. sense. I think that's like part yeah. of it, right? Like, <laughs> no, for sure. It's like, what were you trying to get out of it? Like, what did you want this to sound like? And yeah. maybe it's like not to other people. You're like, how did you hear that? Like, where where was that coming from? And yeah, some, sometimes people are just like, you just like, OK, that seems kind of wrong. Like, you know, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like I get that. Uh, um, and, and any project I've been in, like music wise, like in a band or whatever, like it's always interesting to hear that. Cause I think a lot of, uh, a lot of bands, especially local bands, right. Like they get that. They're like, wow, you guys sound like this, right. Cause everyone's like, especially if it's the first time seeing you, mostly if you're a local band and you're playing something new, like somewhere new, I should say, like someone's going to try to like, connect you with a reference they know right and like that's mm-hmm. their way of complimenting you and everything mm-hmm. uh it's always interesting when when any band that's even lasting or whatever has gotten like bands i've never heard of or even better yet like bands i i personally just like think are fine but they're like yeah you really sound like this i'm like really i don't that's so strange because like i've never listened to this band or like they're not even a, a point of reference for me so like and when i listen back i don't see it but it's interesting to see people make that connection and like uh you get the wildest responses yeah uh when when that happens and stuff it's it is interesting to see people's like train of thoughts and like the way they like kind of rationalize things and stuff like that and what sounds they connect to each other you know yeah yeah so what would you say that the wildest responses have been that's a really good i think um I, I, we've gotten like a, a lot of stuff, you know, obviously like the second you put like blast beats in anything and you, you have some chords like that are, I guess more like quote unquote pretty chords around it and everything. You're going to get like bands like all cest. Um, it's inescapable to, to not get like comparisons to, like death heaven. Uh, obviously they're, they're both big influences on me and everything. Uh, I think the wildest, res- wildest one though was probably someone trying to, be like yeah you guys are sick like you guys don't necessarily sound like it but i get the vibe you're kind of like a symphonic metal kind of vibe you know what i mean like a night wish or something and i was just like which was like they meant it in a good way and everything like that and night wish is like the best kind of corny but i was just like i don't know how you hear that like i really like it did not connect with me but i'm like listen if that's if that's a cool thing to you and that connects you like you go for it yeah yeah. Do you think it was just the violins? Like, probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They like heard violins and like a more metal, and like they heard a double kick part in violin. They're like, you know what? Symphonic metal. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's been 20 years, so I don't really remember like some of the comparisons that my old band Ake Amelie had, but like that's the band that I've been in where we had a violin, and it was like, um, I definitely remember some very weird responses and just being yeah. like, yeah, I don't know. But like, yeah. also like, just people like, like normies or whatever weren't like versed in Screamo like at all in 2003 of course, yeah. either, you know? So like, like just more of a reference for it now. Uh, if, yeah. You know, so you, you'd, 
I, I don't know, you know, a Camellia would probably like now people would be like, oh, y'all sound like Under Oath, you know? And yeah, exactly. They don't yeah. sound like Under Oath either. But, like <laughs> it would be closer, yeah. you know? Um, For sure. Yeah, I want to get back to you know the the whole uh, like you know working the violin to, into your songs and stuff. But first, I want to go back to like where you were at, like when you were like, okay, like I need to start playing music. Like I w- I want to mm-hmm. get a guitar and I want to go for it. Like um, you yeah. played some keys on on your tracks. Uh, did you start yeah. like with piano lessons at home or? No, not even. No. I think. Uh, no, I, I started, um, again, like it was one of those things that my, my parents and everything, like I, I do appreciate so much them trying like to support any kind of little thing I was trying to do. Cause I was mostly, you know, my parents, like typical immigrant shit, like either you become some sort of like all-star like athlete or you become like a doctor engineer. Like those are the only two options. Like when you, when you move to the state, so it's just like, one of those things where you're like, okay, do one. And then you're like, I want to do music. And they're like, what does that even mean? Yeah. Um, but they were still very supportive, I think, in the end. And so I, I remember, I think, obviously, when you, I think there is a pipeline when you start getting into that age of, like, listening to, like, bands like Green Day. And then eventually, like, you know, all that kind of 90s stuff. You start going back, Nirvana, um, whole Soundgarden, all those things, and, and Smashing Pumpkins. And, like, there's such guitar-based music that like you go back and you're yeah you're just like oh i just want to i want to do what i'm seeing these people do on like bh1 or whatever mm-hmm. and so uh i got a guitar because i was like oh that seems like a cool thing to do and i remember that like originally i started playing and i kind of fell off of it i wasn't practicing or whatever but then a best friend of mine had also gotten a guitar the year uh the year like next basically and there was like this little we started like liking the same music and it was one of those things that we both started learning the same songs uh and it became like a friendly competition of like who can learn the song faster and better uh and eventually that formed into us like making like a little metal project when i was like 13 um and i think that's just what it was it was just like we liked what we saw these people doing especially like you know uh, going back to like 80s metal and everything and was like, oh, we should do something like that. Now that we're learning, that we're learning these songs, and like we can make songs that sound like that. And I think it was just like, yeah, just following that kind of that kind of train, you know. Like you start learning guitar, you start learning songs. Wait, I can play stuff like this. And then suddenly you get a group of friends, and you just start, you know, trying to rip off like the best Megadeth riff you can think of, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was gonna ask like what uh, what eighty band, 80s bands you were you were thinking of specifically? Um, like obviously you know Megadeth is a pretty yeah pretty oh absolutely I was the be- definitely I think the if I were to describe like an era that really grabbed me when I was like a teenager it was definitely like like thrash metal probably you know what I mean I was mm-hmm. one of those annoying thrash kids that was just like anything after 1986 music wise is trash. Like it doesn't matter. <laughs> but it's like, so I was just listening to a bunch of like revivalist thrash metal from the two thousands. And like, uh, yeah, basically like, you know, the big four slayer, anthrax, Megadeth, Metallica, all that kind of stuff. Like, I think being, uh, plagued with the, the disease that is a guitarist, like you just start trying to like 
play things that are, especially in like, I guess, rock and stuff, you just try to like, at least for me, like play things that are a little bit more complicated. So naturally you move on from like playing the power chord punk riffs to like going back a little further and like you're learning stuff like that. And you start learning riffs that are a little bit more technical and you, you know, you hit like 80s thrash metal where like that kind of was like at the height of its popularity doing that kind of like very fast, very energetic, very crazy riff styles and stuff. And so immediately as like a, as like a preteen that like gravitated towards me and, uh, yeah, that's just, it was all those bands that like was like the first thing that inspired me to be like, I want to play music that sounds like this. Yeah. Yeah. I remember like, you know, the first time when I heard some of that stuff, it's just like, I, I was just like, I didn't like, like I never heard music that was that fast. And I was yeah, like, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. I was like, you know, it, any, anytime I heard something that was a little faster than something I heard before, I was just like, this, yeah. what? what's happening? Like, I need to, yeah, exactly. is there something that's faster than this? You know? And, exactly. And no, that's so funny you say that. Cause I think I, I, that is if people have like usually ask me like, what is your kind of musical journey or whatever through like stuff you liked? It was like finding bands and then someone being like, this band's heavier or faster than the last band you were listening to. I'm like, well, that's crazy. Like what's more extreme <laughs> than this? What's more extreme than this? What's more extreme than that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just keep like, kind of like, it's almost uh it was like that early thrash metal and like those those rock records and stuff like that uh were like almost like a gateway drug where I was like, Oh, this is cool and fast. Like, is there anything faster or like heavier than this? Mm-hmm. And like, oh check this out, check this out. And so that kinda like, you know, that was that was from there on it was just over. <laughs> I was just trying to get to the heaviest, fastest stuff I could listen to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I don't know, it, it was like it, for me personally, it was just like, if I was, if I was working on something, like if I was trying to learn someone else's song, or if I was just like messing around with my own songs, then it was just like, I would, I would just like play them as fast as I humanly could, you know, or like, <laughs> yeah. and it, it was just like, I, I don't think that I have any like old demos or anything that are like, you know, there, there's one album in particular that like, uh, but this didn't, gosh, this didn't happen until like 1999 or something like, sure. and, 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 um, so it wasn't like I was, I was a teenager, you know, I was like, uh, in my like early, early twenties, but like, um, it's this like, this album in particular, it's like, this was like proof of that because I finally like met a drummer that was the same way, you know? Yeah. And yeah, exactly. Listening to that now, I'm like, cause they're just like, they're like melodic, like SoCal style. Like it's like lifetime or something, you know, it's like that sure. kind of thing. And I'm like, no, these, like this kind of song can't actually be, be played too fast. And like this recording <laughs> is proof of it, you know, it's yeah, just yeah. like, <laughs> it's so jumbled, you know? But, yeah, uh, it just sounds like a mess. But yeah, when you're doing it, you're like, fuck yeah. <laughs> like somebody wants you to, like the drummer wants you to play it faster. You're like, fuck yeah, I can play yeah, it faster. Yeah. yeah. Like don't yeah. threaten me with a good time. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. It becomes like not a not a, like a musical thing, but again, it, it kind of bleeds into like sports a little bit. It like, becomes almost an athletic thing. Like, yeah, I could play it faster than you and let's do it together or whatever. It becomes like this weird competition thing that, I find super funny. Yeah. I think it's, it's, I hear that a lot for sure. Yeah. And it's just like the, the, and, and, and the other thing is, is just like that, like, I don't know, like, like that, that proving that you can do it, you know, like, yes, oh, yeah, exactly. Like, we thought we were playing as fast as, you know, whatever. And I don't yeah. want to play it faster, you know, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. And like, I don't know, like now, like at my age, I've often said that, like, you know, like when I am playing drums and I'm like, uh, if I haven't played drums in a while, I'll, I'll play for like a week before I try to record anything or whatever. I'll play like every day for a while. And so I just got to, you know, I got to build my stamina back up a little bit. Absolutely. um, Yeah. I'm just like, I'll listen to something and I'll play it and like, I'll play something fast, like along Mm -hmm. with it. And then I'll like, I'll have it in the doll and I'll like speed it up. And I'll play along with that. And I'm like, that is like probably the closest that I'll, like that's my midlife crisis. 
It's <laughs> like, you know, I won't have like a, you won't see me in a sports car, like with, you know, yeah. like no roof or anything corny like that. <laughs> You'll just see me trying to play like way faster than I should be, yeah. you know? Like, that's awesome. That's, 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 I feel like that's a healthier way <laughs> yeah, to, I mean, to go through your midlife crisis. Yeah. And it's like, it's free. Uh, you know, I've already got yeah. the drum set. It's free. And also like, yeah, that's, that's like, you know, a legit, like, uh, amount of exercise and stuff, you know, cardio. Absolutely. You're kind of like, you're doing everything there. You're <laughs> exercising, you're, you're finding a little passion. It's the perfect thing to do. Yeah. Stress relief, you know? All that oh, stuff. absolutely. All that stuff. But, um, yeah. So like, uh, you're, you know, you're trying to like get your own bands and stuff going and everything like from, yeah. you know, early teens. Um, like w when, like about how old were you and what was going on in your life when you like got to play like your first show? Um, yeah, no, I, I think I started, my first show was, uh, with that, with that, uh, friend I had that me and him were basically like kind of like friends playing guitar basically. And, and we started a band and that eventually like, you know, eventually I joined another band with another group of friends and stuff. And again, that similar style of like that, like, 80s thrash metal thing um so it was around i want to say maybe when i was like 14 when i played my first show and it was just like i think with um i, I know it's very different for for different genres and especially now uh in like this like i'm gonna sound like an old person like this internet age of <laughs> uh like playing or perform or writing music i should say like you can't just write it to, for it to stay online. And I think people definitely did that back then, mm -hmm. but that was never with being more into like eighties and nineties stuff. Like that was never even a thought for me. It was just like, we're going to write these songs because we're going to play these live. You know what I mean? Like it was mm -hmm. always in the back of my head, like, all right, these are eventually going to be performed live. Cause I think just, you know, that was my experience with that kind of music. Like most of the videos and, things I saw were of bands playing live. And so like, I thought like, Oh, that's the natural thing to do. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I was like, you know, probably 14, 15 when I played my first show. And back then now it was like, you played a show and then only a, like several months later, you'd play another show at probably the same spot. Uh, and this was during the, the, I feel like the height of like pay to play era. So oh, yeah. like, yeah. So venues were like, Oh, this, this group of like little teens want to play a show or whatever. Let's charge. Let's make themselves thirty tickets to like their fucking like their dad. Like you know what I mean. Like, mm -hmm. So and we just thought that's how it worked. You know what I mean. And we're like, yeah. oh, I guess so, whatever. So um, that's my first experiences with with doing live shows with bands and stuff. It's just like, all right, we're gonna use all of our like fast food job money and like whatever kind of chore money we got if we did get that from parents and stuff and buy our own tickets to this show that like five people come out to open for a band that's like touring. You know. Mm -hmm. it, it it was like what well, that thing but again at that time we thought that was so fucking cool we we're like oh my god we're playing and there's like a live stage and there's a guy doing sound and micing us up this is crazy you know yeah i mean you know not i'm not defending like the people that uh put like young people in that position of course um yeah, yeah. whatsoever but like from your perspective it's like what like I'm, pu I'm putting myself like mm -hmm. as a teenager and being like, what would I have spent my money on? You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. So I mean, it's true. From your sure. perspective, you have this like memory that, you know, like you'll have forever. And like you said, yeah. you're just like, well, whatever money we could scrape together. And like yeah. that, that sucks. Like that people, you know, that these clubs and stuff couldn't find a better way to uh, yeah. like make these things happen for young people. But, yeah. um, but like, you know, it's cool that y'all were able to play and, and yeah. everything like, um, so it was like a club club and you know, you had, yeah, it was like, um, there's this place called, uh, I used to, I lived in the Lehigh Valley for a while. Uh -huh. Um, and up here in PA and, and it was like a place, uh, called like planet Trog, which was a laser tag spot that was also a live venue. Oh, wow. um, I know, right? It's just like the most 2008 sentence I think I've ever said. <laughs> um, and so we like, and it was just, it was so funny because we were this like band of like kids that wish they were like playing like in the 80s. But then we would open up for bands that were like doing, 
doing like the under oath thing. They were like trying to sound like under oath. They were doing the metalcore stuff or whatever. And we just did not fit at all. It was just like we would just be playing these like bad like Iron Maiden rip songs. And then the band that would come after us and like do a cover, do like that pop goes metal stuff. I don't oh, know if you remember yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. It was like that. It was like bands that would play their own thing and they're like, we're going to cover, I don't know, My like Corona. a Nelly Potato. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like in drop, in drop D and with like a breakdown and like yeah. it just did not fit at all yeah. and everything. But yeah, it was just, we were stoked to play. And at the time, we were all kids that, didn't grow up like around music necessarily so we didn't we weren't aware of the like the very vibrant local scene and like punk and noise and metal that was happening around us Mm -hmm. so like we thought well this is we have to go in this way you know um so that's just just how we did it yeah because like 2008 y'all would have had like we were skeletons and stuff around there huh yeah, I think... Uh, like, maybe they what, just what, were starting around then or something like that? I think my first show was 2009. So, yeah, it's 2010, 2009, around there. Like, it would have been, yeah, like, around that time. Yeah. So that was, like, around 2009 is, like, when you when you were, like, more exposed to, like, the types of shows that we would all play, like, now? Honestly, no. I don't think I really... Um, ventured into that until much later. Uh, it's a very, like, I don't want to say insular town. Like, it's very popular and everything. But, like, uh, we only started to get to know that, like, that group, uh, which was called No Gods. Um, we uh, only started to get to know that kind of stuff when we started going away from, like, playing metal shows. You know what I mean? Because the metal shows would be bands that sounded like either, like, they would sound like Under Oath or, like, Sleeping With Sirens or they would sound like Born of Osiris and, like, that kind of deathcore shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it was only until, like, probably uh, 2012, 2013. I might be getting all these dates wrong, but, like, whatever. But, like, it was around then, like, where we started to play with, like, hardcore bands and VFWs and get to, like, actually, like, talk to bands that are our same age and doing stuff like that that we then got... I, at least me, got exposed to, like, the local scenes of places mm-hmm. and where, like, there was no play-to-play and people that do come out and, like, it does feel like more of a community and everything. Um, so it was much later. And that's and then when going back to the Lehigh Valley and thinking about this stuff is where I discovered, you know, the scenes that were happening around there and bands like Snowing and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably around that 2013 time where, where we got away from like the metal scene and started doing like more hardcore gigs, you know? Yeah. And just like with the music, like first, when that first hit you, was that another sort of like awakening for you where you're like, wait, like this whole other thing exists where people Mm -hmm. like are not just in it for themselves or whatever kind of thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think, yeah, I think absolutely. Yeah. And how did you like, um, like you were already like playing shows and stuff, but like mm-hmm. then once you see that, did that, like, did that ingratiate you into it more, or were you just like already on that path? I think that's a that's a good question. Um, if I were to think about it, I think doing the more, for lack of a better term, like set up institutional shows, like. Um, at these like more these clubs or whatever mm-hmm. uh, like it got old even at that age it got old really quickly because you're like man we have to sell like, I remember the thing that really I think the two events that really made me go this is kind of dumb and I think that's around the same time like we started playing more like you know basements and BFWs and stuff like that was uh, when there were like two events there was a very infamous place called the Croc Rock in Allentown uh that was a that was a shithole run by like a shithole person. That's like a terrible guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it was like we got asked one time because we had played there before, and then one guy was like, "Hey, do you want to play?" This is how he pitched it to us, like no joke. Like, do you want to be the opening act for the Misfits? And we're like sixteen, and we're like, "Uh, fucking yeah, of course. Like that's awesome." But the thing is, like, we were technically playing the same day as the Misfits, but the venue had an upstairs and a downstairs. And so, like, we would sell tickets to play the show, but we played downstairs an hour before the show with the missus would start upstairs. Oh. And so, 
it was like a weird like scheme like it was like the weirdest yeah. thing i was just like oh okay and it was that and then i remember we played one of those dumb like sumerian battle of the bands things uh when we were that young too uh and it was super cool because like it was the most recognition i think we've gotten for our, our personal music at the time and it was just like wow you guys sound great like again we were doing stuff that was like more i guess retro in terms of like we were playing like you know sepultura and and and, and metallica and slayer type of stuff mm-hmm. against a backdrop of a lot of bands that were doing like the typical like metalcore stuff so i think we got a lot of hype there um but then like the guys were just like yeah but the the winner of this battle of the bands is going to be this band's already signed to sumerian and stuff like that and so i was like it felt a little too like just like set up and everything was too clean and like everyone had like a, a thing and it was that thing where these bands are like legit trying to get famous mm-hmm. and i think like that was never something even from a young age it was like maybe like when i was very little like yeah you do music and you get famous right like that's how it works and it's like no mm-hmm. um but like once i was like playing in bands and stuff it's like no I, i'm doing the stuff i want to do um and once i like got into the local scenes and stuff like that like oh these are other people that are just like doing the music that connected to them and they want to do it to other people that connect to that music mm-hmm. and like that felt like a much more organic and genuine thing to me and i think that in uh i think in most cases that would really inspire and like um cultivate the sense of like oh like i can do this and there's a community around me that supports that and doesn't want me to sell 30 tickets to like some venue to play to you know no one never heard of a battle of the bands where it was like wwe style like the winners already <laughs> decided but I, yeah it was, like, was kind of like a, that it was like battle of the bands like it was just a it was just a promo thing yeah, you know what i mean that yeah. you got local bands to add on to or yeah. whatever it's i mean it, it shouldn't it, it shouldn't surprise me at all i'm just surprised i guess i'm surprised that i never heard of that before but um yeah um so you know obviously we're uh gonna skip a skip ahead a bit here but um like uh you know, uh, Lassima, like, um, y'all, okay, so it's not, I'm not sure if I'm 100%, but the way I'm reading it is, like, this started as more of, like, a solo thing for you? Yeah, no, it definitely did. Okay, okay, because, like, I, you know, looking over the band camp, like, the demo, um, you, you have someone credited for drums, but mm-hmm. it's not like your later releases where it's like, Lastima is this. Yes. Right. Um, yeah. so what, um, your first release was in January of 2020. So it's like, this is like pre pandemic. So yeah. usually if, if this was three months later, then I would just jump to that conclusion. Okay. Yeah. This was your pandemic baby. You're like, well, it's time for me to finally roll those out but you were already there so like yeah. was the demo sort of like were you like i'm gonna do these songs and then i'm gonna construct a live band like I, i'm gonna put these up to get to find players or was this just like i want to do this by myself i've got these songs i'm like what was the you know impetus for that first demo yeah, and I, you know what the thing is? I knew the pandemic was coming. You know what I mean? I had the intel, and so I was just like, I knew I had to go solo. <laughs> no, um, but I think um, mm. 
it was one of those things like coming out from that, like to connect, I guess the two, the two, uh, the two questions, the two eras, I guess I'd say mm-hmm. like from the no gods, like it was a very heavy band. And at, at that time we had like taken like a hiatus, like, you know, people were going to school, people were having lives and stuff like that. So I had moved to Philly at that point. Um, so I was like, definitely like aching to do something creative. And I remember I was just like, I kind of want to do something like I haven't done before, which is like, make music that isn't like primarily like quote unquote riff based. Like I want to do something that was a little bit more like, um, like song structure based and like, you know, chordal and, and harmonic and everything. And based off like a lot of the influences I was listening to at the time from like, you know, screamo and, and black metal and everything. And, and the typical black metal fashion, I was just like, right, I'm just gonna do it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and just start putting these songs together and, on Logic Pro and 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 just kind of go through it and see what I come up with and everything. And I remember I threw this little like kind of chord progression together and and like did you know MIDI drums or whatever. And I threw it on Instagram. And I remember my phone blowing up from friends being like, "What is this? Like this is this sounds crazy. This sounds so good. Like what is this?" And I, I remember being super shocked because it was just like a little like whatever thing I did to try out like. I'm sure you've done it the same way where you're like, I'm just going to exercise this musical idea and like whatever, you know, comes up with it. I'm just going to move on. But then I got a weird, res- like positive, positive response from it, from friends and people that don't even like that kind of stuff. So I was like, all right, let me just keep moving around and, and doing that. And eventually that song became on the demo, the song called inevitable. And um, yeah, it just, it started on my own. And, and I think um, our drummer that we have now, Samantha, she has been part of the project for a while and so she's just the drummer, like she's just the Philly drummer. So, you know, immediately I was like, hey, do you want to do this thing with me? Uh, and they were like, yeah, of course. And so they, you know, threw some blast beats and everything. And eventually it was just me and her. And um, then like I, slowly, like the, the people I play music with or the friends and stuff, it, it was sort of more, much more of like a collective project where I would just ask for people to, to collaborate with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and through that, I found people that was just like, hey, do you want to just keep doing this? Um, so it, it, it was a very short-lived solo project in terms of just like, I didn't, uh, I didn't stick long with that idea. Because I think, like I said before, for me, I don't think I can write music or put music together that I don't eventually see performing live. You know what I mean? Eventually, that's always going to be, I think, where my inclination goes to. Like, I want to be able to perform this in a live setting. So I think that naturally, like, as I started, uh, like, you know, people started being interested in, in playing this kind of music with me. Eventually, it just led to, like, forming a band that, like, now plays a ton of shows, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so, y- you know, uh, for people who aren't familiar, you, like, you're... Y- the majority of your songs hang around the seven minute mark. Is that yeah. like, um, is this just like, does your writing process just always take you there? Or are you like, <clears throat> do you feel like you're, you're comfortable with that length and it just keeps happening? Or like if you, now you do have sh- shorter songs, you know, like a, one of mm-hmm. the songs, like four minutes or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. How do you know, like, how, how, what happens to where you feel like, okay, like, I need to keep going, or like, yeah. this, or I'm done? Yeah. It's so funny. It's so funny because, like, I think, I think anytime I demo something or I write something and I look at the minute mark, I, my immediate question when I see that, when I see seven minutes, is like, what happened? <laughs> it, it is, I do have that same time, like, what, how did I get here? Like, it's, it's absolutely not purposeful. I think um, it's just something. I, I I think it has a lot to do with the influences, and I think that and how my brain works. Like, you know, the uh, if I go back to like um, the black metal and the the kind of American black metal stuff, like all those songs, like Wolves in the Throne Room and everything, and all that kind of stuff is like ten minutes, nine minutes, like these super long songs. And, um, for me, like coming from like listening to a lot of metal, especially back in the day, like those songs were also really long. So I think there is a certain thing where like that must've instilled something in me. And so now when I write, like, I kind of, 
I don't have a timestamp in, in mind. I kind of just write until the idea feels like finished. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I feel like the idea is like, okay, this naturally goes here. It feels like it should go here or whatever. Um, and, and then they end up being like six, seven minutes, you know, and that's even with like sometimes, and, and maybe this is a thing where I'm just always trying to get better at the songwriting process. So even in writing for the new, this new record, this first record, like it's a lot of like going back and making sure like, am I sitting on any idea too much? Can I trim any fat or whatever like that? Mm-hmm. But it's always coming from a place where like, I need to hear the idea finish. And for there's something naturally that happens for me that, uh, when I get there, I know like, okay, this is the end. And apparently that's between six and seven minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Very fair. Uh, Well, I was, you know, another part of that is like, I was just curious, like, do you, do you find, cause you said like ideas that you're sitting on. So for example, Mm -hmm. like, do you find that you have, a like you like um i can't remember what track but there's a track where it's like a uh things sort of come apart and then there's a a a key like a piano part so like is this like you're like you know that's going in the track so how long until that happens and then Mm -hmm. how long does it build from that until the end so does 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 this like obviously this is like a factor in how long the song becomes, but like, um, like by that same merit, like how do you, like, do you go into it knowing this is going to be about in the middle or do you just like, Mm. you got that in your back pocket and you just start? I think it's, it's always a mixture, right? It, It depends on what these, like, uh, what started the, I guess the concept or the idea of that song. Mm-hmm. Um, cause, uh, if you've noticed like, we don't, we don't have a full length yet. We're working on it, but like all, uh, and so like, it's, it's, these songs are a lot, like as far as like, you know, they're, especially now, you know, like people are used to three minute songs and everything. I'm just like, Hey, can you have another four minutes? Um, and so I think these songs are a, a big process and everything. And so sometimes they start with a piano idea and I eventually go like, okay, I love that idea maybe he can go somewhere in the middle of something I'm already working on, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it, it can, it's usually a collage of things, you know, like it starts from a guitar part or, or a chord or anything like that. And then eventually, you know, if I feel like, you know, it'd be boring to keep playing this on guitar, maybe we can find a way to, to change dynamics and, and change the feel of the song and, and move this into piano parts. Um, it's always a mix of things. I think it depends on, what the idea is sometimes it's a piano first sometimes guitar sometimes it's, it's literally like a drum beat i really thought of and i liked and i was like i want to form a whole um a whole hook with this drum part and like build a song around that um yeah it, it's kind of sporadic yeah yeah i mean it in any like anything that's like has an eclectic um feel to it or whatever i feel like the ideas you know generally are from they just come from wherever but yeah um, yeah that you know what we were we we briefly touched on you know the instrumentation of the band earlier and um like you know someone that's been with you like pretty much the whole time is the uh violinist Mm -hmm. and um now i'm assuming you were like i need to find someone who plays violin or did the violinist just sort of like, did that just happen? It was, uh, it was one of those things that I had met, uh, Twee just going to shows here and stuff like that. I'd seen one of, uh, a band she was in, uh, at a, um, one of these local like bar type venues around here. I can't even remember which one. Um, and yeah, we were just hanging out and everything and I met her and we both went to music school. So I immediately connected like these are two like music school nerds and like the metal scene, like immediately there is a connection formed. Um, so I think when I was working on the song that the first song that has her on it, um, it was more of the things like, Hey, I've always liked strength and I've always liked more, you know, very, I guess, uh, to use the term cinematic, I guess, mm-hmm. um, stuff in, in, in music that doesn't necessarily always have that. So I was just like, hey, do you want to be a part of the song and everything? And we were working together, and I think we had a really good like uh, chemistry working on the music together. So 
every time, like, it just became a thing where, like, hey, do you want to keep writing this kind of stuff with me? And, you know, she was down, and, and we just kept doing stuff where I would write something and, um, you know, just have her expertise be, like, what, you know, what should go on this track and stuff like that, and then kind of uh, edit and build around those parts and everything. And, yeah, it was, it was very organic, I have to say, like, um, which I, I always prefer. Like, it felt like a thing, like, oh, we both really wanted to do this, and we both liked the material that we're doing, and so we just kept doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody uh, commented on one of your um, <clears throat> on one of your like someone, you know, who who like uh, bought the album and can leave the comment on Bandcamp that yeah. um, that the that that, that the uh, violin never feels like an afterthought. And I thought yeah. that that was particularly true. Uh, and like, you know, you definitely do hear that when you hear um strings or yeah you know a lot of times it's like probably not even strings it's just like digital like you know yeah just adding it themselves which is like if that's what you got to do to like make your Absolutely. thing happen then then go for it right but like yeah. twee is like in- incredible obviously um yeah she's amazing and and so like that was another part of my question was like or like when you find someone like that and it works the way it's been working do you just like oh i'm not letting this one go you know uh, no of course not yeah right <laughs> right it's, like it's one of those things that are just like oh this this really works and i think that's a big point of pride i think with with me and and her like um i also don't like that and I, I remember i think i remember reading that comment and mm. we've had that uh, said to us before at shows that like it doesn't feel like it's something that is an afterthought to make it sound cinematic, right? To make it be like, oh, I want this, this this part to sound sad or or big or or dramatic. So we're going to like add violin. Like, and you know, it's fine to do MIDI and stuff like that. But sometimes it can feel like an afterthought. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I never wanted that. I never wanted anything in the songs to feel like it's doing a bit or it's uh, or there's some novelty to it. Which I think when you eventually add any sort of I guess non-conventional stuff to to any kind of a music like again it could be anything from violin to to accordion to like whatever bongos and stuff like that if you want to do that like I think um, it can immediately come off as a novelty if you don't like think about it or you don't have that instrument in mind when you're going into it yeah uh, so yeah there's that whole thing like where where people are gonna be like this doesn't need that. Or whatever, yes, you know what exactly. I mean? And yeah. so, like, you want it to be intrinsic, and you want it to yeah. be like this would not be right without that. And and exactly, yeah, yeah. I mean, y'all succeeded in that for yeah. sure. Well, um, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so like you mentioned before, uh, that you're working on an album now, and like, yeah, because mm. because you know y'all are like five releases deep and like you know i i didn't i didn't um like try to track the you know time links like versus like songs etc like you know y'all basically got like two albums worth of material already online by (laughs) by like length right but like yeah it's crazy um, so when you go to this first full length like what are you shooting for are you like we want to do this many songs or or Mm -hmm. are you like well we've got this many songs and it'll wind up being being this long like what's your idea as far as like like is it we're going to record five songs um and and that's going to be almost 40 minutes so that's an lp mm-hmm. or is it like we're going to do 10 songs i don't care how long it ends up being like what's the thought <laughs> yeah. process behind that i think it was um it what it is the process of just like uh as we were, you know, we we're playing shows and, and these songs are coming out. Like I'm still writing underneath all that. Um, and I think eventually there just came a time where like, I felt like I, I, when I was looking at, um, the, the folders the, with the songs and the sessions and stuff like that, there was an eventual would be like, I see an album there with these songs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think, um, right now, I think if I were to say the core of the record is six songs, um, and I just, it just like, you know, I wanted to, to keep it at a length that was definitely palatable. Cause I think, um, in my personal opinion, like I was like, okay, this is, we don't, we, you know, people have been listening to like singles and, and EPs up to this point. Like, I don't want to put anything, uh, like too 
large out there because we do have songs like on this one i think the shortest song might be like five something minutes and the longest song being almost eight minutes Mm -hmm. so like it was one of those things where i want to make most of uh the listener's time like i do really respect the listener as far as like especially a small local band like us like you know i want to make sure that we're not sitting there for an hour and a half because like we haven't earned that yet in my opinion so Mm -hmm. i really want to make the most of like Let's try to get this. I think ideally I want the record to be 40 to 45 minutes um, and just kind of like in and out. Like I'd rather you wish there was more than overstay a welcome, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And um, like, uh, you know, I I did not uh, know until like the new, new Friends Fest announcement and stuff that Eric Mauro had joined y'all and uh yeah. I I go back with Eric for you know since like 2010 or something when oh that's awesome when coma first started so um that's really cool um so now that like you know <clears throat> you have like sort of a like a set you know mm-hmm. members and you know y'all have been playing out a lot and stuff um is it you like you said you have like your folder of songs like is this mm-hmm. like you know you send everybody like this is what we've been doing and then you 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 all like bring it to practice or whatever rehearsal and mm-hmm. and and start going through it like how do the songs like become from like your initial ideas to like the realized versions that a lot of back and sure. forth um it can be. I think uh, it's a process that I think up, even up until very, very recently, like I'm still, if I'm being honest, I'm still figuring out. Like uh, yeah. I've never, for most of the time I've been playing music, I've never been the sole writer. So mm-hmm. um, being one of the, the main writer here and this being like uh, the main like thought child of mine, like I'm still, you know, trying to figure out the best ways to like, incorporate collaboration from people but then also like them understanding like being like hey this is your project like we want to make sure that like your uh your vision of whatever this is is is, like coming to to pass and stuff like that and and i think i'm still figuring out that balance and everything but i think up until now the thing has been like i've written like let's say anywhere between like 70 to 90 percent of of the song Mm -hmm. and then i'll bring it to you know be like hey this is the song like hear the parts like you know familiarize yourself and then we'll come in and we'll practice and we'll go through it and you know i want to see like you know what is sam gonna do on drums because i'm not a drummer like i can get by on a drum set but like god if you heard the demos of me playing drums you'd be like this is atrocious like what is going (laughs) on so like i i trust her to just like hey just clean this up like you know what you know what can be better here and stuff like that because i i definitely don't want to I feel like a big fear of mine is I don't want to get into like an echo chamber where I think my ideas are like the best ideas for that. And I think I want to be able to like give it to the other people. Cause obviously I trust and love the people that, that play this music with me. So I want to be able to, to trust them to be like, Hey, this doesn't work. And then to go back and be like, Hey, let's rework this. Or then to be like, you know, I have this idea that could go here instead. You know what I mean? And, and this just use that. Um, so I think it's, it's one of those things where, I think I conceptualize it first. I, I demo it out, um, and I bring it at like about eighty percent or seventy percent to the group, and then from there we we piece everything together. Um, and like for certain things, like Twee's violin, like I may have an idea, but I I trust her so much, and she understands the assignment so well that like we just get together and, and we rip a bunch of lines and we edit around them and stuff like that. And so she's writing a majority of her parts too. So. Yeah. It's, it's it's as collaborative as it can be when you know I'm behind a desk and using like a session pro tools and stuff like that and bring it to someone else you know yeah yeah I mean like you don't want to hamstring like your you know your your players but like at the same time you're like in a seven minute song mm-hmm. like you're like we need a really solid blueprint yes and, exactly yeah, yeah for sure um <clears throat> well uh yeah, it's been it's been real cool chatting with you. I'm I uh you know, I I've, I've been meaning to get in touch with you for a while and so I'm I'm glad we worked this out. Um I know you said that y'all have a lot of shows going up and uh mm-hmm. soon and I know that uh 
you know, we'll see you at New Friends Fest here uh, next month. Yeah, I'm really excited. But, um, oh, yeah, oh, my goodness. Um, but, uh, like, so what all is going on that you want to, like, leave people with? Like, you sure. know, uh, what have you got coming up and everything like that? Um, I think uh, right now or uh, two weeks away, we have uh, another show here in Philly. Um, we're opening up uh, a show with Liturgy and Hers on their tour. Oh, awesome. um, so that's gonna be fun. Liturgy's uh, Hunter's music has always been a really big inspiration for for me and for this band, uh, and hers is obviously amazing. Yeah, uh, they've just been on fire lately. So it's it's super cool to be on, on that bill. I think that's the next show, and then um, there's another Philly show in in August later in August with like you know Ultra Deluxe, Max's band, and um, I think Civil War in France and and a couple other kind of local screamo actors is cool. Uh, and then we're kind of just like laying low. Um, you know, we're, again, we're in the middle of, we just tracked the drums for this, for this LP that's coming up. And Oh, it's happening like now. It's happening now. Yeah. Like literally I was, we spent, I think three days just tracking drums and, uh, spending long days, uh, doing it and stuff like, so we're, we're in the process now of, of tracking that in, uh, we're going to be spending the next couple months trying to like piece everything together and and record guitars and and vocals and all that kind of stuff. So hopefully by the end of the year we'll have something that we'll be we'll be proud of and and we'll be trying to 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 put out there. But yeah, just a couple of shows. Obviously, New Friends is going to be the most exciting thing this year. Um, and so yeah, just just finishing off the year with some shows and and just trying to trying to get this record out. Awesome, awesome. Um, was there anything else that we should chat about before we take off? Uh, if you don't have anything, I'm, I'm good. I really do appreciate you, uh, you taking the time and, and asking, uh, asking you to do this. It was, this is awesome. I, I listened to a couple of the interviews. I listened to the one with Chris and from Sonaga, uh, from Sonagi from Masanera. Yeah, uh, yeah. And that was, that was great. They're great people. Oh so yeah. Absolutely. It, it was a pleasure. And that was my conversation with Richie Devon. Thank you so much, Richie, for taking the time to chat with me. Also, thanks to all of y'all for listening, whether this is your first episode or you've been here through all 160. Show your support at Patreon at patreon.com slash human machine. Until next time, take care and do good things.